This is Eric Luby, pastor of the church at Ellerslie in Windsor, Colorado. The ministry of Ellerslie endeavors to once again see triumphant Christianity stride upon the stage of time, and to see the church of Jesus Christ built strong to stand immovable in these times of sinking sand. We hope this podcast is an encouragement to your soul. If you would like to stream live or visit us in person, or even support us financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn. So in, in this, you know how I, I need to come up with a name for everything, but I, I, I call this Remember, right? I know it's a very profound uh, name. And for those that might be hearing this in a different format other than live, we just heard the testimony of uh, Nate and Sarah Mockler and their love story. And it was just tremendous, beautiful, romantic, profound. And so it just seems like a right fit to remember what God has done. There is a statement back in uh, Joshua that you guys will recognize here. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on your shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come saying, what do these stones mean to you? You see, when God is doing something, this is the time you want to pick up a stone. And as they're crossing the Jordan River on dry ground, I mean, quite profound uh, to think that the Jordan, just like the, uh, the Red Sea, is going to part. And as they enter into this new season, as they enter into the fulfillment of promise following Joshua, Yeshua in the Hebrew, we translate it as Jesus as they're following the, the deliverer, the, the savior, if you will, they are going to pick up stones and those stones are supposed to be a sign so that when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You have a ready answer because that stone is gonna be a trigger point for you as well. Do you remember what God has done? There is a funny thought that we have in our minds and we say it to ourselves too, I will never forget this. And yet ironically, you will forget it unless you exercise something known as remembrance. Remembrance is the key function that we need to agree with and do. It's an exercise of the soul, and that's what keeps that great event handy and ready, so that when your children do ask you what these stones mean, you are ready. Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. So we talk about piles of stones around here. Whether or not we have a lot this semester, it's Ellerslie as a whole, we talk about piles of stones. And as a team, we'll oftentimes remember what God did. And as a staff, we've done it multiple times where we just sort of gather and we start rehearsing the faithfulness of God over the years. Leslie and I have done that. Of course, Leslie and I have a tendency to publish it in a book when we do it. But we've done that many, many times where we have chronicled what God did and we cherish it and we remember it. Listen to this uh, Psalm 111.4. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. Isn't that just a great line. Uh, he has made these wonderful works in our life, but they're meant to be remembered. In other words, there's a, there's a facet of them. They're designed for our memory. They're designed to be recalled. 
1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. do this in remembrance of me. Of course, that's what we understand as the Last Supper, uh, Holy Communion. In other words, as you do this, there's, it's an action of remembrance, to remember the parting of the Red Sea or the parting of the Jordan River or the separation of us from our sin. In other words, there is a key event where something supernatural is happening. God is orchestrating something. He says, pick up a stone, guys. So in the future, when your children ask you what that stone represents, it's like, my, my Lord saved me from my sin. He separated me from that. He circumcised and cut off the flesh so that I could be set free to follow his spirit. The function of human memory. Well, I, I, I've taught memory for years. What's funny is at Ellerslie, I don't teach memory in that sense that I used to, but I used to teach people how to, to memorize things. And I had this elaborate system, which is really fun, it is, but it can be somewhat of a distraction when you're trying to teach Christ to suddenly teach people just their memory. It's an important function, but it's a subsidiary support role that it plays. But God made us to remember. It's interesting. It's not like we're just this pass-through thing. Like sometimes you wonder, like when you run into an ant, does an ant have a memory? I, I don't know. It's a good question. A fly. You know, do they have memories? You know, of course, with a dog, you'd say, well, I think they do. Uh, and a dog can have abuse and they remember, you know, that one guy with the mustache. You know, anyone with a mustache, poor character, he's going to have a tough time with that dog. But they also remember smells. And when you come home, they seem to remember you, that tail going wacko. And it's, it's a very, very precious thing about God's creation that he designed us with memory. And yet we can forget very critical things if we don't exercise. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Now, what's funny is the context of that and the way you could interpret that could be two different ways. And in other words, that's technically supposed to say what we leave in our wake, what, we rem what is left behind us is blessed. However, for those of you that really struggle in memory, you can take that and twist it a little, and it's a good scripture for you. You know, it's like, yeah, my memory really stinks. Well, haven't you heard Proverbs 10, 7? The memory of the righteous is blessed. So I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, but that is an incredible statement that there's supposed to be a memory even that we leave behind. Different facets of remembering, meditation, meditation, thoughtfulness, memorializing, consideration. The word is consideratio, and uh, the basis is all of those things. It is, there's a lot of different ways that we cultivate memory. Meditation is a hard one because we have a, sort of a twisting of that word in our modern times, which sort of means brainlessness, transcendental meditation, for instance, is what it, and it means turning off the brain. Well, that's the exact opposite of biblical meditation. What God is going to say is not, you know, to turn off the brain, but to actually engage that brain in the action of focus and memory, to say, I want to hold on to that, and you look at it from every angle, and you meditate upon it. It's a very, very important part of how we're built, thoughtfulness is a very critical uh, thing in a relationship and it's easy when you're falling in love it's harder when you get married because when you're falling in love you're winning a heart and you can be very thoughtful i mean everyone around you is like wow this guy's a romantic and then you get married and you have a tendency to get distracted with a whole bunch of things and you lose that art form of remembering something that's not right in front of you as a man we're very good at being present tense like what's in front of us we're there 
Like if someone is talking to me, I can be really good in focusing on them, right? Bombs could be going off around, but I can focus on them. But that doesn't mean I'm always remembering my wife in that moment. Does that make sense? And so thoughtfulness is learning and cultivating that remembrance of someone even when they're not present in front of you. And God is going to commission us to do that even with the suffering church and those that are being persecuted, those that are in chains right now. We're supposed to remember them. And so, but they're not in front of me, so I easily forget them. Yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean we should allow that to happen. So what do we need to do to cultivate that remembrance? Deuteronomy 11, 18, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign in your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So if you have something on your hand, yeah, you're gonna see it all day long. If something is a frontlet in front of your eyes, it's like, boy, that would be distracting. Yeah, but it's supposed to be. In other words, it's supposed to remind you every time you look somewhere, you're seeing it through that, that frontlet to your eyes. So as a result, it is present in front of you always. And there's certain things that need to be bound to our hands and be frontlets to our eyes. And that's part of what God wants to cultivate in us, that never forget these things. Hold to these things. These are the foundations of what make life successful. So one of the things that I was impacted by is, is uh, uh, I can't remember his name, Jim Elliott, sorry guys, uh, it just blanked for a second. Jim Elliott and his, I think it was Shadow of the Almighty, I'm not sure which one it was, but he was always writing in his journal. And so Elizabeth Elliott is going to take from his journal and share it. And I remember thinking, I want a journal. I'm going to write in a journal. And actually, if you were to ask me, Eric, how did you become a writer? I became a writer because I was inspired by Jim Elliott to write in a journal. And I would write all, you know, every day I wrote in that journal. And whenever there was something in my journal that I felt was like waters parted and I needed to pick up a stone and bring it to the other side and set up a memorial, I did. And I had a little graphic that I would always draw as a little pile of stones. So I can still to this day look back through my old journal entries and see piles of stones and I stop. I say, what was I telling myself that I needed to remember? It's had a profound impact on my life. Okay, so if I could give you just any like encouragement, I would say there's a good one. To begin to journal and to capture and to remember, even to make your little piles of stones, actually has a tremendous impact. God is going to start out that Bible that we know uh, by telling Moses to write down what is, he's going to encounter in those 40 days you know, on Mount Sinai, and he's going to say, write this down for memorial in a book. And that book is going to become rather important to us as far as remembering what God has done in this earth. The shadow box strategy. So I, I, I've never done this, but I, I've, had, I've heard of people that have actually created sort of like shadow boxes where they have something significant that happens in their life and they sort of decorate it. They, they create an artistic expression of it. And I've had all sorts of thoughts. I've thought of you know, making a stone pathway where each stone has a, you know, a, a scripture that God has revealed to me or an event that he has done. I've thought about putting a brick wall and each brick you know, has something in it. And sometimes it's easier just to journal. I'm going to tell you it that way because we, we have busy lives. But to be creative to the degree that God would lead you, to be creative to capture and to bind it upon your hand and put it as frontlets before your eyes. The ancient art of biblical meditation, readying the heart to worship, blowing upon the embers of affection, inciting the inner man toward praise. I've used the illustration here, and I don't know if I've done it this semester, but you know, behind this, uh, this backdrop that we have is a big window. 
And the reason we have to cover it, and it's sort of sad, isn't it, that we have to cover it? But the reason we have to cover it is as of yet, we haven't come up with the ultimate package for uh, not creating a problem by having it. Because if we had it open right now, I would be backlit, and I would be dim and shadowed, and you would see the view, and that would be great. But it's, it's hard because for one of the principles of public speaking is you want clarity and light on the speaker lest you start to fall asleep and lose sight of what's being said. So it's a little trick having a big window behind you, but it's gorgeous. It's like a lake, you know, in the mountains and the trees and, you know, the swan. I mean, it's, it's nice, right? And uh, imagine, imagine that uh, the, the sun is going down and it's a beautiful sunset, okay? And imagine that I peek out through the curtain and I turn around and I go, guys, it, it is so beautiful. It is lovely, uh, so let's, you know, let's make some statements of praise. So I hand around the microphone. Raise your hand if you have a statement of praise for the, uh, the sunset. And you'd be like, oh, that's a weird one. But that's how we oftentimes function in the church. We function in the church like, let's say some statements of praise for God. But we haven't freshly beheld him. And me- biblical meditation is the concept of remembering, meditating, seeing it. You see, it's a lot different if I just like pull the curtain back and you all see it, and then I say, hey, let's make some statements of praise for the sunset. You see, when you behold it in your soul, it's pretty easy. No one needs to arm twist. In fact, I don't even need to say anything. You guys just go, oh, and it elicits the oh. You see, what is that? That's praise. That's worship, if you want to say it that way. You see, when you see God... When you behold God, when you remember what God has done, you do not need to twist someone's arm to say something nice about him. Let's sing a song, people, and I want you to be serious and sincere in this. There is no need to make people serious and sincere. When they behold his grandeur, it stirs them. Say law. In Psalms, you're going to see that, that phrase. Pause and consider this. Do you see this? Meditate upon that. Stop right there. Don't keep going. Don't just read over it. Take what you just heard. Pause and see it. Isn't that interesting? It's like built into the scriptures. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Isn't that a great statement? I mean, what it's going to say is when he said, right? But just what a great phrase in and of itself. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. That's what we're commissioned to do. That's, that's the entirety of Christianity, if you want to say it that way. Let's exercise that amazing strength and skill. Father, I ask that you would do a work of grace in us to remember what you have done, to not focus on what the enemy has done, to not focus on the challenges and the current difficulties in our life, but to focus on what you have done and are doing. Lord, may we get a PhD in our God's working. Not in the bad news, but in the good news. Lord Jesus, take these meditations, and I pray that you would use them to strengthen our life, and reveal your glory unto this earth. It's in the precious name we pray. Amen. This message was brought to you by the team at Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Listen to our weekend message live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, or join us for Daily Thunder Monday through Friday at 8.15 a.m. 
For more information, go to live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.